my aunt who lived with my great-grandmother poisoned her with rat poison. And so they, you know, went to jail. Welcome to episode two of Psychologic, appropriately titled Teen Angst. We're going to be meeting Laura Ryan Norwood here shortly. Um, Laura is a college graduate, a wife, a mother, and she's 30 years old and she's living her best life. But that wasn't always the case. At the age of 12, she was sent away for the first time for being rebellious, hanging out with the wrong people and getting into a lot of trouble. And that was a pattern that stuck until she was 18 years old. She spent more time at rehab facilities and in counseling than she did at home. So this is her personal journey that she's going to share with us and everything that she got into during that time period. But it's important to say that her story is a success story because she turned it around and she became the person that she wanted to be. And there is a silver lining. And it's an important message to get out there that, you know, you could be in a really dark place, but that it doesn't that doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Um, she's a testament to that. So Without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Laura Ryan Norwood. I was born in Fort Smith, Arkansas, to my mother, who was 15 years old. Up until the day I was born, I was going to be adopted by a family from Colorado. However, the day I was born... They decided they were going to back out of the adoption, and my mom was going to keep me and raise me with her grandparents and her mother. Three weeks after I was born, my mother's mother passed away, like, unexpectedly. She was only 38 years old. And then from there, my mother did not have a mother. (laughs) And so it was just kind of the two of us. My father, he lived in California at the time, and my father and mother only met at a party one time. So I ended up meeting him when I was two. Then they decided to get married when I was three years old. Interesting idea. From then, they they bought a house. Then we lived there for about a year, and... Then we just started moving around quite a bit, house to house. Never really felt stable anywhere. I didn't have to change schools. So about the time I was 10 years old, my aunt, who lived with my great-grandmother, poisoned her with rat poison. And so they, you know, went to jail. And my mom and dad decided to take out a mortgage, and buy my Nana's house. And so we moved in there. Once we were there, we lived there for about a year. In that time, all the stress that was caused by my aunts and moving in and moving around from house to house caused some issues with my parents' marriage, and it was just too much stress. They still wanted to be friends, which was really hard to understand because my other friends' parents were divorced and they fought. They didn't get along. Well, I guess one big reason why my parents wanted to remain friends because it was like they were never really married. 
They were just kind of roommates raising a kid together. During this time, my dad would get so upset with me because I wouldn't smile. You're not smiling enough. I feel like that's something every girl gets to hear at some point in their life. But I was, uh, I had major depression. So after my parents' divorce, we ended up moving. Um, I lived with my dad. So living with my dad, I started to dress differently. I wanted to be this different person, darker, different, because that's how I felt on the inside. I guess it was kind of like, look at me. If you see I'm not smiling, get me help. But being, you know, 11, 12 years old, you don't necessarily express that in complete sentences. So um, it was a couple years later, they decided to put me on antidepressants. So I was prescribed Prozac, and a week later, I took the whole bottle and tried to kill myself. Later, I found out that a bipolar patient should never be prescribed that. Also, that teenagers often get suicidal tendencies. Then once I got home from the hospital after getting my stomach pumped, I was immediately taken to, at the time, it was called Vista Health. It was a facility for kids with mental problems. When I was 12 years old, I was able to leave the facility and go back home to a normal life. It was a life that I didn't know. My dad had gotten married while I was sent off to a woman who was 21 years old. I had never even met her. He had only known her for two weeks. And then when I got home, she moved in with her two children, (laughs) and I became their babysitter. At that point, I decided, fuck them, fuck these people, they don't care, and that's when things began to change for me. Between the ages of 14 and 16, I was sent to three placements that I can't even remember the names to. Once I got released from there, I was allowed to live at home, and I got a choice. Do I live with my mom or my dad? Well, I chose to live with my mom and her super religious, hypocritical husband, and it was like torture because he was very Christian, and I was not, and he was just so anti-everything that I was. But I still moved in with them, and I met some friends, and things were going better. But I also met a boyfriend, (laughs) and that's when things really started going bad, because I was 14, and he was 19. And I would do anything I could to get a ride to his house so I could go skip school and just hang out with him and smoke weed and do whatever, because that was freedom. Well, I got busted. My mom found out what I was doing, and she immediately called my probation officer, and of course, that was a crime. (laughs) So I got arrested, and I got sent to juvie for about three weeks where I wanted to take my GED, and my mom said, you know, go ahead, you know, let her take her GED. Well, within those three weeks, they 
I got picked up before I was able to take my GED. I got picked up from from jail on Christmas Eve, and I got taken by my new placement all the way to Warm Springs, Arkansas, to the Lord's Ranch. Keep in mind, I was a full-fledged super atheist, and this was torture for me, absolute torture. I woke up on Christmas morning at the ranch, and the fortunate thing about the ranch was I could tell they were like some decently cool people. So I met them, and I stayed at the ranch for a year and a half altogether. It was horrible. There's really nothing positive that came from this other than, okay, as soon as I get out, I'm getting out, and I'm not going to live with my parents anymore. They're just abusive, and I don't mean like physically. I'm just talking about verbal abuse and emotional abuse, but that wasn't like nobody cared about that stuff when we were kids. Nobody. By the time I was I was um, 17, so this is a year and a half later, I was released. And my probation officer, I had a choice. I could be emancipated and join the military, or I could stay under juvenile probation and take a risk of getting in trouble for six months before I was 18. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble because my parents were still able to call the probation officer and have me sent off. And back then in 2007, they could actually keep you in a placement until you were 21 years old because they could say it was for the state fitting that I stay there to be, quote, unquote, recovered. Before I left the ranch to go to the military, I left the ranch to go to the military. <clears throat> I was diagnosed with bipolar depression, which had made a lot of sense my whole life. When I was a kid, my parents would tell me, you know, we would do everything. You wouldn't smile on Christmas morning when you opened your presents, and you were such a jerk and didn't want to, you know, participate in things. And, and I, just thinking back to it, I'm like, well, did you guys ever think I was depressed? You both took, they both took antidepressants, you know, like, why didn't they go and, and take me to real counseling? But whatever, time is time, and I've definitely had real counseling since I was six years old. So, so I decided to make the choice to become emancipated and join the military. However, being diagnosed with bipolar and joining the military isn't necessarily the best reason to get recruited. Um, I, they let me join even after I disclosed all that information. Yeah, the recruiter was pretty shady. In fact, like a couple of years after that, he ended up getting arrested for robbing a bank. So shady. So I was in the military. I went through basic training. And two weeks into AIT, which is like the training, I got told, you know, you have to be discharged because of these medications you have to take. So I was being <laughs> discharged because I had to take a mood stabilizer, which really didn't feel fair because the mood stabilizer stabilized my moods. 
I feel like there's plenty of soldiers that were not stable. So I got discharged from the military, and I came home, and I still had, like, three more months till I was 18. So I was holding it out and holding it out. And I was living at home, and I just couldn't fucking take it. I didn't want to be there anymore. But so in 2009, I moved in with my boyfriend, and he helped me start going to school. I ended up getting my associate's degree in child development, and that's just kind of a starting point. After that, I, I thought, okay, well, I guess I am smart enough for college because when you're a kid that grew up in a situation like me, you didn't get to go to college. You were lucky to get your GED, and then you got to go to prison. So, so um, in 2013, I graduated with my bachelor's degree, and my husband and I moved to Philadelphia to start our lives and career. And since then, we've been married for 10 years. I've never been arrested as an adult or even had a ticket. <laughs> um, it was really just me. I just wanted to escape, and I had to get over being angry, being angry at everyone for the life that I missed. And my husband really helped me do it. And then finally, I got a job teaching, and I absolutely loved it. And eight years later, I'm a stay-at-home mommy, and I have one little girl, and it's just I have a good life now. Um, it's good to have, you know, disposable income in your 30s, have your shit taken care of, and I just feel like some of it is a good thing, all the placements, but most of it, no. I think if my parents would have just been parents, then I probably would have been okay all along. I hope everyone enjoyed Laura's story. It's so refreshing to hear a story such as hers that has a happy ending because sadly, so many times they don't. You know, it's I hope it's been inspiring for people to know that you can be, you know, in the darkest time of your life, but you can still come out the other side a better person because Laura mentioned that she tried to kill herself when she was a teenager. She was sent away multiple times. And she had a really bad relationship with her parents. But now, as a 30-year-old woman, she has her life together and things couldn't be better. So that's the important message to know that it's not, it's not the end. You can always turn things around. That's what's most important. So thank you once again for joining me for another episode. And until next time, this is Psychologic.